I'm a loser, baby. Welcome to Talking Giants. Sucks to have to do a losing episode. It's been a nice couple of weeks. That being said, Vikings 28, Giants 10. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you here with my co-host, Danny King. Danny, a, a rough game all around. But I want to start with the sky is not falling. I don't think this changes anything as far as like the way we look at this team going forward. It's a loss. It shows that, you know, against a very good talented team, we're not gonna we're not gonna like just have our way with them like the way we did with Washington and even with Tampa's defense. A lot to clean up. It sucks. I, I you know, every loss hurts like crazy. But I also wanna like keep I don't want to. I don't want to do overreaction Monday, where it's like you got to fire this guy, get rid of this guy, get rid of this guy, and there will be a little of that. But nonetheless, what I'm saying is the sky isn't falling. Danny, how you feeling? So you're telling me I should del- get rid of my delete Pat Shermer, uh, f- uh, fire Pat Shermer tweet and Daniel Jones sucks tweets. I thought I should tweet that out on Monday. Whatever. I haven't but- seen many of the Daniel Jones stuff, but the I, I really think until we make the playoffs. That after every loss, people are going to say Pat Sherman needs to be fired, and after every win, it's going to be like, man, he really is dallying in the play calling with Daniel Jones. I, yeah. I really think that that's what it's going to be. This is my first year, like being engulfed in Giants like online, and after every loss, we're going to be talking about uh, like his play calling. He needs to be fired. Yeah, you're in for a tree because I every time uh, play goes. questionable play call. Sorry, oh, yeah. there, I mean, there's obviously like there's always questionable play calls. There's questionable play calls and wins. I don't understand. Like, people think every you just bat a thousand on every play is perfect. Anyways, we'll talk about play calling and whatnot. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Where it's like, no, like, don't, like, if you are tuning in to this show asking for me to call for a firing of a guy that I was on a Monday when I wasn't calling for his firing on Sunday morning, then this will never be that show. Yeah, but I mean, I drove like a maniac trying to get home for this game after going to a baptism, and I come home and the Giants just lay an egg. I mean, we all the this was their first true test, and losing happens. And I mean, if you think about it, losing will maybe humble Daniel Jones. Well, he's already a humble guy. He won two games in a row. Maybe Daniel Jones on cloud nine. Now he's going to get brought back down, and it's a loss. And also, if you look at it in the long haul, it's a loss on a short week because they got to go Thursday night to New England. So it's a good learning experience. He's going to be like, hey, not every game is going to be a win, and now I have to get this loss out of my system quickly because i got to fly to New England on Thursday night. So... It sucks. It was not a good game. It was not a fun game to watch, but losing happens, and uh, I mean, it's just a learning experience. Yeah, so let's let's start with Daniel Jones. Obviously not his best game. Uh, the two missed passes to Sterling Shepard are going to be what sticks out in our mind. The first one, like, that's, that's six points right, right there. Um, he was getting hit as he, and he, like, he was, he got hit as he threw. So, I would have liked him, like, when someone's wide open, I'm always, like, just underthrow it a little bit. He overthrows it by, you know, by a, a hand. And that's that's six points right there. That's a game changer. And then down in the red zone, the missed pass uh, to Sterling Shepard where it's too high. I want to take a look at the, like, the the rear view of that, film, of that play because, like, it's hard to tell, like, what angle the defenders were at because he might have had to throw them over them. But from the, from the side view, it, it looks like he should have had that uh, overthrow. I mean, Shep makes a crazy play on it, but he's obviously he just couldn't wasn't able to get, bring two down. That's a tough one. But I think I think his worst play was after that when they had the penalty 
on that rollout on first and goal where he tries to pump fake and get the, the defensive end to jump. The defensive end doesn't and just rolls right through him. Instead of yeah, instead of second goal to five, now we have first and goal or second and goal at the fifteen. Yeah, this is obviously Daniel Jones's worst game. Uh, as you said, the overthrows, especially that one to Shepard in the end zone, that was the one he he should have made. Uh, Shepard was wide open. As you said, we only had the side view, but I believe he that was a throw he shouldn't make. I mean, great one, great job by Shepard to even be able to get that ball, but obviously he wasn't able to get that in. Shepard believes he should have uh, caught made that catch, but I mean that was a tough catch for anyone to make, but. I mean, it was just opportunities, and the Giants didn't capitalize on many opportunities. They, they, the Vikings defense, they bended them, but they just never broke. And uh, the Vikings did do a lot of this, like disguises as they were expected to do. I mean, Daniel Jones handled that well. He only threw one interception, but that was in the garbage time moment. Everson Griffin like gave credit to Daniel Jones. So, yeah, he, yeah, he that, made many interception doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that was it's fourth that down, was garbage time with a minute left. You, yeah, you gotta throw it to somebody. Yeah. Um, and if you look at it, absolutely nobody was open. So, like, I I hate that that goes on the stat line, but like that play, like I don't look at that play. Like, come on, Daniel Jones, like you you got to do something. And if anything, I, I I look more negatively on when we went on fourth down uh, in the red zone and he took a sack, even though nobody was open and he got freaking barreled down on. I would, I, you know, I, I'm a, a believer as most people are. When it's fourth down, you got to at least throw something up. Yeah, you just got for something. It was just, yeah. I mean, it all. What also didn't help the Giants out the moment they lost because I I wasn't home. Oh no, it's gonna get bad. And just did like when St. Paul went out, did, did I lose you? I'm sorry, what? You broke up real bad. You said I, I when you got oh. home. Oh, all right. Uh, so. When Wayne Gallman got home, wait, when Wayne Gallman got home, when Wayne Gallman went out to concussion, that's when I knew it got bad because uh, when Saquon went out, Pat Shimmer went away from the run game, and he kind of went like that again. Jonathan Hillman wasn't that good, so he didn't trust giving John Hillman the ball that much. I mean, when he gave Penny the ball, it went better, but that wasn't until like the fourth quarter. So just so many things went wrong on offense. Drops, uh, bad O-line play, poor throws by Daniel, just... Everything that could have went wrong for the Giants in this game did go wrong pretty much. Yeah, and I, I, I don't walk away from this game like thinking negatively of Daniel Jones. Like obviously, like the, the misthrows are misthrows. Like they happen. Um, decision making, I thought he made some really good decisions. He he did take some chances where like the sideline pass to Slayton where Harrison uh, Smith was over the top. But there was a lot of, like, the credit to the Vikings defense, man. They were just really good, and they were able to drop seven back and just play tight, tight coverage. I mean, guys couldn't get the separation more than anything. And I, I don't think that's, like, that's more like a positive for the Vikings defense than it was the Giants offense, at least, you know, from the TV copy of it. That's what it looks like. Um, but Daniel Jones was fitting the ball in some tight spots, and it seemed like every time it was a bang-bang play, our guys couldn't grab it. I mean, I think... Maybe I think it was maybe like six times where it was in guys' hands, but like as they were getting hit, you know, they, they weren't able to hold on to it. Um, and the big one, the fourth down, where it would have been a Sterling Shepard touchdown, and he, he's not able to make that catch. I get that there's contact and stuff like that, but when you have that kind of position, you've got to be able to make that catch. It hits him in the chest. He's not able to bring it down. But, like, that was a, a great throw from Daniel Jones. You couldn't have put it in a better spot. And we weren't able to come away with six there. So, 
on three throws, Daniel Jones, uh, you know, on two throws, Daniel Jones let Sterling Shepard down, and on that one, Sterling Shepard let Daniel Jones down. No, yeah, uh, it was. Well, another thing, I'm not. I have to assume because it was he was out for four games, but I feel like Golden Tate was just not utilized at all. And it, I hear what free catches for 13 yards. I guess maybe Patrick was hesitant to go full throttle with him, especially being on four games. That's something I wouldn't agree with, but I have to go watch the tape on that. Uh, yeah, uh, Slayton played well. Let me give credit to Slayton. That touchdown pass to Jones through the hand, the beautiful throw and a beautiful catch. Slayton, him and uh, Slayton are going to be a huge factor for this team going forward, and I'm excited for that. And they're building that chemistry. Pat Sherman mentioned that in the postgame press conference. He said when they in the first practice and they saw Darius Slayton just basically dropping everything, they're like, "Is this the right guy?" Then obviously he got better and better each practice, and now it was worth the wait. Not having to see him basically all the preseason. Now that he's finally back, he he's making some key plays every time he gets the opportunity to do it, and. He's someone I'm really excited for for the future. He's going to be here the long haul. But, yeah, it just, I don't know. We, I have to watch the tape to figure out exactly what went wrong on everything. But it just, so the drops just really did not help us. Obviously, that's not, nothing crazy to say. But, like, so many passes that should have been caught. Like, the one that Patrick challenged to the pass interference on, which wasn't pass interference, but he threw it there for a Hail Mary. I think Shepard should have caught that. That's just my thoughts on that. Am I saying I could have caught it? No, but Shepard, he's a great he's a great football player. He should have caught that football. I'm trying to think what else of other plays. I, it's just so many things that just went wrong, and it just contributed to the loss. The Giants could have punched it in the end zone, and when you can't punch it in the end zone, you lose. It's simple as that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when the snap count comes out, who played more, Slayton or Latimer. Slayton needs to be ahead of Latimer. Latimer, he can moss somebody at times, but he just doesn't get any separation at all. He has something like the worst separation in the NFL, um, and Slayton's got that speed. We saw him that, that touchdown was just beautiful on, uh, you know, the dime from Danny, and then, you know, the catch was a re- wasn't an easy catch uh, either. Tate, I don't know, like – it seemed like they were they were super ready for him. He he didn't seem to get any separation. It seemed like Sterling Shepard was actually in the slot more than Golden Tate. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure those reps out uh, when I may be able to go through it. Um, yeah, and then the run game, like you said, man. And for people saying the like after last week, and it blew my mind because it's like Gallman and Hillman averaged three and a half yards per carry, where they're like, see, this is why you don't draft Saquon. I'm like, see, this is why you do draft Saquon. We played a horrible Redskins defense that was giving up over 100 yards per game on the ground, and we were only averaged three and a half yards per tote. Saquon is averaging 6.4 yards per carry this season. That's including against Tampa, where he had eight carries for 10 yards. 6.4, that is unheard of. Now, he probably wouldn't have kept that up for the whole season, but nonetheless, that's, that's amazing in any stretch. The, the all the other running backs, Penny Hilleman and Gallman, are averaging 3.5. They have uh, like 47 less yards total on 17 more carries. We don't, we didn't like Saquon is so huge to this team. And that's why I try telling people like, like don't let the Redskins game like clout your your thinking on Saquon. Saquon is still a playmaker, and we weren't able to run the ball. And I don't think we were going to be able to run the ball even with Gallman. Obviously, I think Gallman is way better than Hilleman. I've, I've never been high on Hilleman at all. Uh, but Hillman, 9 for 10, 20. Uh, Gallman did, you know, he had two carries for 14 yards, had an 11-yarder with the concussion. So I, I don't think Gallman would have had some great game, but he definitely would have been better than Hillman. But this team needs Saquon. Like, we drafted him second overall because 
we needed him and how, you know, how important he is to this offense. So, I mean, until Saquon's back, you're never really going to get to see the true, like, full usage of this offense. Um, and, and it absolutely changed the game. If Saquon's there, it's a different game. I'm not saying we win, but it's, it's a different game if Saquon's there. Wayne Gallman is a good second running back to have. He he is not – while we did start him in 2017, if you think about it, that's all we had. I love Wayne Gallman as a player. I think he's, he's a very good quality backup, but Saquon is someone you can replace. And I'm sorry, if you're saying we made a mistake draft to Saquon at this point, you're, you're just beating a dead horse. You just need to shut up at this point. Saquon yeah, makes that was your narrative on draft day, and you just don't want – like you're stubborn and don't want to change it. That's Yeah, at this point, I, your opinion is like useless. You just shut up. Stop talking. Saquon is so important to this team. If you're still talking about the draft, should draft at a quarterback in 2016, that that narrative gone out the window. You can stop talking about it because we got Daniel Jones. It, what if we didn't get Saquon? You would you would feel more confident every single game with Wayne Gallman back there. You're lying to yourself and you know it. And that's why I truly believe maybe the Giants look at this game. Maybe the Giants look at the season still and they say we can salvage this. We can make a run at it. I think Saquon's playing Thursday night. While I wouldn't, while my gut telling me don't do it. I feel like he's going to play Thursday night because, what, the Giants are 2-3, and three, still very much in striking distance of the NFC East. Cause as we're, we're one game back in the NFC East. Yeah, and, the and Cowboys are getting their asses kicked right yeah, now. They're, yeah, they're getting destroyed. The Giants could easily – because let's make this clear. As much as I, Thursday night sucks for – the Patriots are going in the Thursday night as well on short rest. Yeah, they mollywop the Redskins, but still, who, who cares at that point? I feel like Saquon's playing uh, Thursday. I'll, I'll let you talk about that in a second. But – when Saquon is irreplaceable to this team, and when, as you said, when he gets out there, we'll finally see what this offense is like with him and Daniel Jones out there because they will complement each other so well. Like a reason why the Giants struggled in this game, the run game didn't develop, so they, the play actions, Vikings didn't care about the play action. They didn't bite on any of that stuff. Daniel Jones is a more effective runner than all our runners in this game was. That's not fair to Wayne because obviously he went out with the concussion. So. If you're still saying Saquon, like last week with Wayne Gallant's performance, just shut up. I don't want to hear you anymore. Saquon's too important to this team, and that's why getting him back will make this team better going forward because he's desperately needed for this offense. Yeah, I would play Saquon at 90%. I would. Um, I don't even want to get too into that. Anyways, Wayne Gallman is a good number two running back if you have a workhorse as your number one. He's not a he, like I wouldn't be comfortable with Wayne Gallman if we were doing like a split carry uh, system, but I think he's a good backup when you have a guy like Saquon as your starter. Let's let's uh let's talk about the O line and we could do a little bit about play calling and then we'll we'll go to defense. Soldier, it gets it gets harder and harder every week, man. And I can live with him getting beat physically, which there were you know that happened today. But I'm just so tired of the mental lapses of Nate Solder. When is he going to learn that you can't open your hips one yard into your drop? He's so scared of getting beat in. Like, I don't know if his dad beat him on the inside all his life, where he's like, I got to protect the inside. Because he can't, like, I'm serious. Like, he just, he's, he refuses to get beat inside, which is great. But he just constantly opens his hips and just allows free runs to Daniel Jones. It's so aggravating. And then on one play where they uh, had a guy in that inside gap, he doesn't block inside when his responsibility is to block inside. So I don't know what the deal is with Nate Solder. Obviously, and, and I'm not saying bench Nate Solder because who are you going to put in? Like, do you trust Nick Gates to start left tackle right now? I don't. But, like, something's got to happen with Nate Solder, man. Um, he's coming back next year, so, like, get that out of your head. Like, I, 
That, that's going to be a big overreaction. Like, cut Nate Solder. Like, no, don't. You're not cutting Nate Solder. Um, but listen, offensive tackle and defensive end are my two big needs in the draft next year. I don't. I don't want to get into that. But Nate Solder, come on, Halapio, who has played well so far this season. I don't want to be definite on this because I, you know, I didn't sit and like pay attention to a whole lot on the on the center when I went through it the second time. But it seemed like he got blown up a few times. Um. So yeah, offensive line was bad, but. The good thing is, man, Daniel Jones is so comfortable in a, in a, under pressure. It's unbelievable. He was eight for si- 16 on third down. Third and long. Like, think about like the Eli Manning third and longs. And this isn't a knock on Eli Manning, but think about third and, and 13 with Eli Manning. Now think about third and 13 with Daniel Jones, and we're converting like consistently. It's unbelievable. So that is like such a, a good thing to take away from this is Daniel Jones looked really good today. I know Daniel Jones looked really good today. He had the misthrows, but like, Nothing about this game made me like, oh, Daniel Jones, like, what what the heck? Um, it, it was just, uh, you know, it was just a bad game all around. And, and we'll get to the defense because they're a, a lot to blame is on there. But as far as play calling, like I said at the beginning of the show, you're not, I'm not like, Pat Shermer, what are you doing? But on the safety, if you're going to run the ball there, which I'm fine with people, like, how do you run the ball there? It's like everybody, like almost everybody runs it there on first down. But you got to have a fullback in. For the exact reason that the play got blown up. Somebody beats it on the inside. Kevin Zeitler that time, which was surprising. You got to have a fullback there to block that guy. Because then it's just Hillman has no chance. Um, and then the other thing, and this isn't like, and this is to every NFL coach. I freaking hate fade routes in the, uh, at the goal line. I hate them so much. And I hate them even more so on third down. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Um, so those are like the two like play calling issues that I have on offense. Yeah, let's go to Nate Solder. Someone asked me that question, do, do we bench Nate Solder? And I said, or, or he asked something like, what are the chances Nate Solder gets benched? I don't remember, but I found I'm like probably zero unless an injury happens to Nate Solder because, yeah, Nick Gates, what's he good in the preseason? Yeah, but like Nate Solder, I, I still believe he's probably a better option than Nick Gates at that point. I mean, the same thing happened with Solder last year. He absolutely stunk at the beginning of the part of the season. Then once the bye week came along, he played better. But, I mean, the bye week's not for, like, another, what, seven weeks up until this point? He can't play this bad for seven weeks until the bye week. So, I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe he has a, an injury that's being hidden. Maybe he's a little wear and tear. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, with Eli Manning, this off the line today, Eli Manning would have been on the ground every time. He would have been. He would have seen Everson Griffin coming. Boom, he's already on the ground. Plays over. Daniel Jones will stand in there and take those hits. He he doesn't have any fear. He will step up in that pocket. He will run. I mean, that play where, like, he juked down Anthony Barr. I just have to mention that. Like, Anthony Barr's ankles were broken right there. Yeah, Anthony Barr had to, like, cut back or something like that. But still, ankles were broken. I don't care. No, If your ankles are broken, everyone's going after you. But this off of the line, are they still very much improved? Yes. Let's, let's make that very clear. But we have to remember they played the Minnesota Vikings defensive line, which is, like, t- one of the best in the league right now. So... Their defense is so good, and that's yeah. why I, I, you know, I joke about how I pick the Giants to win every game, and as they get closer to the game, I get like cockier and cockier, and I, I, that's just my mindset. I always believe we can win, but my heart of hearts, and I, and I think I said this on the pregame show, I wasn't confident going to this game. One on their offense, they like, and I never like. That's why I didn't get Diggs and Thielen being so mad. I understand there's plays that Kirk Cousins should have made, but it's like you can't judge anybody against the Bears' defense. Like, their Bears defense is so freaking good. It don't be like, well, the Raiders beat them because teams, like, they scored 21 points. Um, 
But they're like I just don't I just don't judge anybody against the Bears defense. Look at the Packers against the Bears defense. Look at anybody against the Bears defense. So I I just don't I don't buy anything when the Bears are playing on defense. They're so freaking good. Um, but they have playmate like Thielen is a beast, man. He's a top ten wide receiver in the NFL, and Diggs is as good as a number two as you can find in the NFL. And Dalvin Cook has been a monster, and he was a beast today. Which you know we'll get to the defensive part. But and on defense, like they're a really freaking good defense. They're good all around, and it's a group that has stuck together for so long. Like, like the Vikings are a are a are a good football team, and they they kind of like their success and failure is based off of Kirk Cousins, and obviously Kirk Cousins had a good game today. The Vikings have invested in their defense. If you look at the Giants, they don't have guys that jump out at you. They got like Marcus Golden, who is good, but like they're just mainly plug and play guys. There's no one. Overly impressive, like the Vikings defense, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, uh, Everson Griffin, the D- Daniel Hunter, like Xavier Rose. There are so many good guys on the Vikings defense that the Giants defense doesn't have those guys. We'll get into the defense in a minute here, but it, this was always going to be a challenge. I'm with you. Like we're we're cocking on on our shows because we're, it's a Giants show. We're not going to be like some. We're not going to be the Debbie Downers. We always want to hype ourselves up because we always believe the Giants have an opportunity to win. But closer to the game time, you're like, I mean, this is a good team. we got to remember that. So today we learned the Giants aren't at the level to compete with the Vikings. Are they a playoff team? I'll say the Vikings are a playoff team. So they're not at that level to compete with a team like that yet. Maybe in a few weeks they are. Maybe it'll be next year. We don't know when that will be. But Today, they just weren't at that level to compete with them, but this is just a good learning experience, mainly for Daniel Jones to see a defense that he went up against. He's hard; He was hard on himself in the press conference, but Daniel Jones, despite everything, he he played fine in this game, and I, I was pr- it's just a good learning experience, and that's what they'll go forward with, but the off-the-line, mainly Nate Solder, he needs to figure out what's going on because we cannot have this be an issue all year at left tackle. Because Daniel Jones, he'll players will come in on Daniel Jones and just like massive hits. Lucky that didn't happen as much today, but Nate Solder needs to find out what's wrong and get it right. And on the play call in front, were there questionable calls? Yes. Was I mad on Twitter? Yes. But I, we're complaining from our couch. We're yelling at our TV. We don't know exactly what the the thinking process is behind all this. Should there have been a fullback on that? End zone, and when the safety happened, yes, but Pat Shermer, he, clearly, he, since maybe Penny was the second backup running back, he didn't want to put him in there and risk him getting injured. We don't know exactly. Bad play calls happen all the time, and we just have to deal with it and move on. And, yeah, if you're questioning for Pat Shermer to get fired, stop it. That's just stupid. Pat Shermer's here for the yeah. long haul. Unless he loses this locker room, Pat Shermer's going to be around for a good amount of time. Daniel Jones has proven he's as about as accurate as he gets, so those two passes – don't buy anything in his decision making was pretty damn good today. All right, let's take a break and we'll we'll move on to the defense. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's move on to the defense. I just want to get this out because it got me fired up in our break. I cannot stand when people who don't follow me come on one post and be like, what are you talking about? What about all this other stuff? It's like, hey, dumbass, why don't you go through my entire feed 
I posted like like when I said Shepard should have caught that pass in the end zone. He's like blaming blaming the wide receivers for the quarterback play when he missed them two other times. I'm like, hey buddy, I guess what? I posted those as well. People are so freaking stupid. Anyways, the defense. Bad game all around, dude. This is another game where we just can't freaking force punts. And it was bad tackling. Uh, I think there was bad coaching. I, I can't, you know, I can't be definite on coaching until you actually sit down and spend a lot of time on the all 22. But a play that reminds me when we when we punted and got them down to one yard line and they had third and six from like their three yard line. And we freaking just play way off and we don't blitz anybody. Just give them all the time in the world. And then you play off to, and you have Adam Thielen wide open under under the sticks and he's able to make a play. And when he makes the catch, our guys don't play aggressive because they're so scared of getting a tackle broken that they allow him to get the first down. You can't do that kind of stuff. I mean, it was horrible tackling all around. Uh, there was, you know, there was like the interior D line. I like what I saw out of them. But they, and we'll get all to it, but I'm just kind of like pitting everything out to start. But they, where have you been? Um, big penalties on third downs that screwed us. I mean, it was just frustrating. I like it's the most frustrating thing watching football, and you just know like we can't make a stop, like we just can't make a stop. And then and then that like that bleeds into the offense. It's like yeah, we might score here, but are we really going to make a stop? It's just it's frustrating, and I think there's like fixable stuff. But like the biggest thing is like player wise, like make you tackled, man. It just how many times are we going to you know get tackles broken and they ran all over us after starting hot. Um, you know, stopping the run. I mean, it just they just all ran all over us. It, it was it was brutal to watch. Yeah, it was not fun to watch the defense. The tackling was really bad today. I it I, I don't know. Antoine Buffet, I'm with you. I I sometimes forget Antoine Buffet is on the team every once in a while. But yeah, the tackling was the main issue of it. That Diggs play, which Diggs got the first down. Yeah, there's a penalty on that play. But still, he should not have gotten that first down. It was just terrible tackling. Also, let me say this, because I don't watch Minnesota games religiously. I knew Adam Phelan was good, but today I'm like, wow, Minnesota could trade Stephon Diggs. I mean, yeah, you, you don't want to, but like Adam Phelan is the more important receiver to that Vikings core. Oh, so. yeah. Thielen is, Thielen is better than Diggs. Um, yeah, easily. And it's and if, and if like if, if you don't think that, you're either you're just not paying attention to Minnesota at all. Thielen, Thielen's a great wide receiver, so. And, like, there was plays where there was tight coverage and Thielen was just able to make the play. Uh, Thielen is really good. And, like, Kirk Cousins didn't go out and do anything special. He kind of just took what he gave him. Um, there were some nice throws like that that out route where Jenkins was all over Thielen, but he just got in the perfect spot. So, like, I'm not t- I don't want to take anything away from Cousins. But Cousins didn't go out and just, like, like do anything spectacular. He was just kind of taking what he had. Um, and with Adam Thielen being wide open, he had a lot. Yeah. I'm feeling so poor time Minnesota team. So it's just terrible defense to play all around. Uh, you posted that play in which they were like on, what was it, the third and eight on their own three-yard line or whatever it was. Yeah, DeAndre Baker behind the first down line. And then you got Jenkins there. It was just, I don't know. It's the jo- Not having inside linebackers today really hurt us. Nate Stupar, he still can't tackle. David Mayo, nothing impressive, but fine. We we need David Mayo got bullied, man. There was one he play, did. there was one on the screen play at seventy one. Their tackle, I think his name is like Reef or something. Where if that guy was a giant, he would have been my Bobby's band because he just leveled David Mayo. And like you said, man, we're, we're missing like like to keep it in context, we're missing our three starting inside linebackers and Ogletree, 
Davis and Connor. David Mayo, who was brought in to play special teams, was our number one middle linebacker. And Nate Stupar, like, Nate Stupar sucks. Like, let's let's not beat around the bush. Nate Stupar is not good at middle linebacker. Josiah Tuefa, which, by the way, did you see the announcer struggled with his name? I was like, I feel you, dude. Um, yeah, that happens all the time over here. There was one play. I, I remember him making a play. I can't even remember what it was, but I remember being like, oh, okay, good play, uh, Josiah. Um, but he didn't, like, do it. He wasn't, like, a difference maker. So, like, that's, like, like you have to keep that in context. Like, I understand injuries are part of football, but, like, your three inside linebackers all being out isn't always a part of football either. Yeah, teams don't care if you have injuries. Look what we did last week to Washington, all the injuries they had. Do you think we cared? No. I, I couldn't care less. So, I mean, unfortunately, it's a part of the game, but not having them really hurt. I don't think we'll get Ogletree back this week with it being a short week, and the Giants will only have one true practice because they're going to fly out to New England Wednesday. But I feel like at least Tay Davis will be back, and that's better than what we have. Because as I said, Nate Stupor, he still can't tackle. That's something I learned uh, today. He didn't get any better tackling while he was released by us. David Mayo, yeah, he got bullied, but, I mean, he was better than Stupar, but that's not nothing hard to do. So they Dalvin Cook obviously ran all over us, had another great day, but they, they – Attempted too much to stop Dalvin, and it didn't work, and it just allowed Kirk Cousins to get some easy throws. So, a bad game overall by the defense. Jabril Peppers acknowledged the tackling issue, so they they got to get it fixed quickly. They don't have the week to prepare. They got one practice to do it. So, and Tom Brady, if if, if they play like this against New England on Thursday night, Thursday night's going to be a drag because Tom Brady's just going to expose us like crazy. And, I mean, now we get to play Julian Edelman this week. That's not going to be any fun, I feel like. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say, not not looking forward to playing Julian Edelman. Um, yeah, I mean, how many times did they just break tackles and make, like, plays? Like, we like it's like almost like our guys are afraid of getting – like it's, it's like our guys are afraid of getting juked. If they play super on their heels in the open field and they just get, like, blown away. And Bethea, like, he – I don't know if he's slow or he just forgot how to take right angles. Like, and I was like, I was, in the beginning of the season, I was like, don't worry about Bethea too much. But now it's like, okay, like, and and who are you gonna like? You can't, you're not gonna start Michael Thomas or Sean Chandler over him. But at this point, it's like, come on, Bethea, like, do something. Like, he hasn't made a, he hasn't really made a play all year. I mean, of course, there's been some like tackles at the line of scrimmage, but like, you can't point to a play where like, man, that was a really nice play by Bethea when you where you can on every other single defender who's played on this defense. Such stupor, maybe. Uh, like, Bethea, like, so, something's got to change, man. I don't know if it's the way they're using him, because a lot of times he's playing, like, he's playing center field. But Bethea looked horrible. Um, Peppers looked great. More so in the first half, where he was making plays in the run game. Uh, he had that forced fumble. I mean, Jabril Peppers looked really good today. I, I was super, like, excited with the way he's playing. He's really coming into his own in this defense. I, I think he's feeling uncomfortable playing more towards the line of scrimmage. So yeah, I, I Peppers I I was I was very I was satisfied with Peppers today. Peppers played great. Another back-to-back good game for Peppers. You love to see it. Uh he's getting comfortable in this offense, but yeah, Antoine Buffet, I don't know what's going on with him. I was fine with the sign in the beginning of the year, but while Marcus Golden has improved, like we thought was like, oh, another Arizona guy. Antoine Buffet has not fallen into that boat yet, and I don't think it will happen. He's just I don't know. It, He's, I don't know what's going on. I had to look at the film, but, like, he's just not good. Uh, I, as I'm a few, like, you can't put Julian Love back there 
because Young, he'll be even probably worse than Antoine Buffet right now because he's still trying to get used to the NFL at this point. So, I mean. Uh, what is be- Julian Love? Is he a safety or a corner? Because I'd like to see him out there at least one time. I don't think he's played a single rep of defense this entire season. I think he's probably safety, if I have to guess. Because if it's Haley, uh, the, the Jenkins, and Baker, and I mean, I assume they put Corey out there before Julian. I feel like they want Julian to be their free safety. I don't know. I'd like to see if Corey Ballantyne can play nickel, though, or Julian Love. Yeah, well, my my favorite, like, I'll talk for Corey Ballantyne for a second. That final kickoff return he did, he just didn't care at that point. He It was the effort return, as I called it. He just ran it out. Like, the guys I, looked I at agree. it. He, 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 he was like, he was like, I'm going to go. He's like, nah. And then he's like, and I'm gone. He ran. I know. I, I agree 100%. He was like, uh, I probably shouldn't. He's like, you know what? At this point, I might as well. Let's see if I can make a freaking play. I like, I, I don't, like, they'll probably yell at him for that, but I didn't care. I was like, you know what? Why not? Why not? What do we need? The extra yeah. five seconds and 10 yards? We're not, we're not doing anything, anyways. Um, and he had the one where he brought uh, past the 50, which was awesome. Uh, I mean, I think horrible tackling is the name of the game here. And they kept trying to run outside, and they, we, we were pretty good against it to start off. And then they started busting them off. They, they kind of wore our defense down. And then, just like I said, once you start overplaying the outside, it just leaves wide open cutback lanes, and and that's what they did. I mean, let I me mean, look at the stats real quick. Um, their their running backs, I mean, Dalvin Cook twenty one for one hundred thirty two yards, Madison seven for fifty two, and then Amir Abdullah, who's like, wow, he's back in the league, three for twenty four. So very very bad game against the run, and the Giants haven't been horrible against the run so far this season. Um, but they just kind of like hit us with speed and, and got out on the edge um, and kind of like started running away from Peppers. Um, on the interior, I thought Dexter Lawrence played really well. Uh, he had that sack. I, I thought he, he just played really well all game. Um, he was getting they were, they were pushing the pocket back. But the thing is, we were blitzing and like Golden had the sack. Like we, I'm going to go. I need to go and look and see how much we blitz. And we didn't blitz at all against Washington, but it was a different game because we were winning the whole game and we were playing against a team that didn't really have any firepower. Like we didn't blitz at all, man. We just, it's like we, and against Tampa, we did. And like, I'm not saying like Tampa didn't like do well in offense, but when we blitz, it, it made things happen. And I guess a guy like Kirk Cousins, like why not force, force him to like make some great plays. It's just freaking frustrating. Like, and I'm not, I'm not calling for James Betcher's job, but I don't think people who are, are like crazy either. Yeah, James Betcher. I mean, nothing impressive. He today he wasn't the James Betcher as he was like the past two weeks. Obviously, injuries in the inside linebacker core definitely probably affected his play calling. But yeah, the interior defensive line played well. <clears throat> Dexter Lawrence played well. He, he got the sack. Uh, Tomlinson's on that one play. I, Garrett Bradbury. He's still developing, so he wasn't that good today. Obviously, he had some good blocks, but the Dexter Lawrence is coming to life. B.J. Hill. He's there, I feel like I have to. I have a focus in on B.J. Hill. Not having Lorenzo Carter probably wasn't very helpful because he was doing the little things to allow some sacks. But Marcus Golden, guy's coming alive, and you, you love to see it. Uh, he, he, if, uh, what third sack, fourth sack this year? Uh, and four he's four this, and a half. Yeah, he's had That's a sack on a one-year deal. I know, and because now next year he's gonna be like, I mean, I want a little more money, but. At least right yeah, now, we'll, he's have, we'll have the money to spend. So I guess yeah, that, that's an, yeah, that's another bad. thing we do at the moment. We do got that money to spend, but yeah, that that that's what I've learned so far through five weeks is the Giants need to invest on defense. 
they have some guys, but they don't have a lot of guys to get it done. And this year with the cap space, I'm not. It could be another 2016 type year where they bring in the likes of like how we brought in Snacks, Jackrabbit, Vernon. They were good for those uh, that one year, and then 2017, majority of them fell off. But so. Defense is the biggest issue on this team. Uh, the offense is fine. We finally got an offense that could work well, but now we need the defense to get there. And right now, they're they're nowhere near a position to help us win a championship. Yeah, the good the good thing is those the guys that we need to be like improving and making plays on defense are the young guys. I mean, your real peppers who we you know we just had a, a big trade. If you didn't uh, notice in all season, like he's been playing well. Dexter Lawrence has been playing great. Uh, DeAndre Baker has been improving every week. I know he had that touchdown, um, but like, like Baker, DeAndre Baker has been very well improved. I, I thought he played a well, a good game. I'm not going to say he played a bad game because of one play. Um, and by and, and by the way, like they got ten points off of that Janoris Jenkins hands to the face, which I guess you can argue. But at the same time, it's like it looks like he just barely swiped his helmet at the line of scrimmage when they're getting when they're jamming each other. So that leads to um, three po- uh, three points. And then the Baker, the ba- the Andre Baker, unsportsmanlike conduct, like that. That's a third down stop, and the game is still a game at that point. And then that leads to a touchdown for the Vikings. Like that was so freaking aggravating. I don't know what like he like you have, like he stands over the guy, which is like not that big a deal, especially when you're in a pile. It's one thing to lay some guy out on the sideline but by yourself, and you're like standing over him. But when you and like walking over him, but when you're in a pile and you just stand up and like say something. Feel like that shouldn't be an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, especially on third down. Like, come on, give us some freaking slack. I, like, unless you said like the most evil thing ever said by a defensive back. Like, that's just a soft call. There's like, there's very little you could tell me to say that wasn't a soft call by the refs. Yeah, I mean, I feel like DeAndre Baker shouldn't have been like taunting anyone because I mean he hasn't done anything that, in my opinion, warrant that taunting anyone. But yeah, it, why? It's the NFL. Like, if he, these guys can take the trash talk, as you said, we don't know exactly what he said. Maybe he said something so sinister they had to throw a penalty flag for 15 yards because that'll show him. He didn't say anything bad enough for any of the Vikings players to respond. Like, nobody on the yeah. Vikings, like, had, like, a, like even, like, a, like, the slightest push-off, and you see that on every play. So yeah. I don't know what was said that was so bad for them to just screw us over on, like, our first stop all game. Yeah, the Giants, they got stops, but then every time usually felt like they got to stop, a flag killed it. So, uh, it's, it's it's tough, this Giants defense. We were blinded by two weeks of good play against uh, one garbage team and one team that they the, the Bucks don't know how to play everyone. They don't know what they're doing down there. So, we were blinded, and they reminded us that, hey, we're not amazing. But, once again, injuries ha- happen there, but... No one cares if you got injuries. Every team in the league has injuries. You just got to go. It's the next man up mentality. And so far at the linebackers, no next man has truly stepped up. Conley did, but he obviously tore his ACL. And Mayo and Stupar have not taken that step. Because as I said, they're both special teams guys. Stupar's only back here because we have injuries. He's not good. He can't tackle. And while I, we're not going to all tree back this week, most likely, Tay Davis, once again, possibly, New England's probably going to chew us up. I'm not in the mood to get too down on that game. But to say I'm not over Giants 77, Patriots 0. Yeah, so, yes, yes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop taking down the mood even more looking at next Thursday night's game because, also, I hate Thursday night football. If you like it, you're a monster. Hey, won't you shut up, Danny? I'm not a monster, and I will freaking destroy you. 
this will be the last week I care about Thursday night football. The Giants play, and then every other week I'm like, eh, it's Thursday night. And uh, you, uh, I'm saying it, you're a monster. How can you like Thursday night football? I just like football, man. And it's That's on Thursday true. night. But it's, how come it can't be Friday night? Why not Friday night? Um, because that's high school football night. You want to take away the shine from high school football players? You're trying to ruin the football for the America? Come on, Danny. What I, I is do. wrong with you? My high school team sucks. They they absolutely suck. So I don't care about them. They they lost like what thirty eight to zero one day. They're not fun to watch for me. They're like the Giants, but like worse. Listen, Danny. My high school. I had fun playing high school football, and Friday nights are something to look forward to. So you need to just get out of here with your Thursday night football slander. Or I'm gonna like reach through the screen and just like grab you by the neck, like uh, <laughs> uh, what's the guy's name on the Ravens style? Um, Hump- oh, Marlon, Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna Marlon Humphrey you. Uh, yeah, you're, you're gonna release a propaganda video to say it was my fault. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, Giants are one game back in the NFC East still. So, like, if the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants all won today, we'd be in the same spot. Um, but if we won today, we'd also be in first place or tied for it. Um, so, like I said, the sky is not falling. I still like the guys that we need to see like a good game out of. We kind of did. Like Daniel Jones, like, like this game. If you like, if this was Daniel Jones' first game, and then he didn't start off two and zero, and he didn't have like that amazing game against Tampa, you would look at the start and be like, you know what? There were some bad plays, but he looked really good. So. Like, I'm fine with Daniel Jones. Obviously, like, I don't want to have those missed throws. But Daniel Jones is a like extremely accurate quarterback. So, like, two throws don't aren't going to change, like, his whole body of work. Um, but they have to have it. Like, you know, you got to have those. I don't, I don't want to make – I don't want to be, like, come off as making excuses for him. You have to have those. But, like, nothing nothing changed my opinion. In fact, I was – I'm more – like, I'm, I'm more and more confident with Daniel Jones because, like, his comfortability in the pocket. Um and that played at Darius Slayton was nice. Uh, and then, you know, the uh, you know the young guys on defense look well. Connolly being out sucks. And I can't, I can't wait till Saquon's back because it's going to totally change this team around. Um, I, was, I was all for abandoning the run in the second half. And, I'm, and you know me, Danny. I'm an established run kind of guy. But I was like, just abandon the freaking run. Go five wide. Um, anyways, Danny, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nah, I got nothing else to add. I said my piece, and it's on to New England. It's on the fit my favorite Thursday night football. Yeah. All right. So this isn't concrete yet because we're playing Thursday night. Uh, I think we're gonna do a Wednesday show where we do a little bit of film cleanup, not as detailed, and then instead of doing mailbag, we'll we'll do kind of like a pregame show, but again, not as detailed because. It's just I'd be like over overloading myself to try and get all the Patriots film down as well as, uh, you know, cleaning this game up. So we'll probably do that on Wednesday. So no mailbag. And uh, we're not going to have a show Friday after the game. It, it would be a bad. I don't want to put out a bad show and to put one out at two, you know, two, three in the morning. It would be it would be a bad show. So we're just going to go ahead and wait till Monday for that. Um, and then the schedule will we'll let you know as we go from there. Uh, anyways, it's a uh, we're two and three. We haven't reached over 500 in a couple of years now. The dream is still alive, though, for this season. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Let's go, Big Blue. <laughs>